with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio, <coughs> 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and stream live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to our 151st program of Think Again, live from the 3CR studio. Think Again is presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organisation working for social change for 25 years. Jacques isn't with us today, but I do have the pleasure of speaking with Claire G. Coleman again. Listeners might remember her talking on the program in late January about the myths and the lies underpinning Australia Day and what and the lies and myths as what passes for mainstream history, I guess. Claire is an Ungar author. Her latest book is Lies, Damn Lies, a personal exploration of the impact of colonisation. Welcome back to the program, Claire. It's such a uh, pleasure to speak to you again. I had fun last time. <laughs> Thanks, Claire. I did too. So um, for our listeners, Claire's going to help us think about the best ways to do something about the devastating treatment of Aboriginal people in this country and their situation. There's been a lot of debate around what should come first, for example, an Aboriginal voice to Parliament or a treaty. And of course, today is the last day of Reconciliation Week. So Reconciliation Week, what's that all about and how does it fit in with all the other um, moves and measures and actions and organisations. Um, it's quite a lot to think about and I know my own brain can freeze up when I consider that uh, the decisions affecting Aboriginal people need to come from Aboriginal people themselves, which would seem obvious, but we seem to keep having to say it again and again. <laughs> so I'm very grateful to have Claire with us today. Uh, um, last week, Jacques and I talked about the results from the federal election. So firstly, Claire, I want to ask you what you think of the results of the federal election and do you think they set the ground for some real change? Well, I think the um, the most important thing about the federal election isn't really who won as such. What's important is what who and what lost. And what lost the election was not only the, the Liberal Party resoundingly lost the election, but the Liberal Party's um, kind of policies driven by hate yeah. um, was, were received a resounding no thanks from the Australian populace. And, mm-hmm. and that to me, it's not even that they lost. It's that they, they ran heavily on hateful rhetorics of various sorts mm-hmm. um, in, in, ver- in electorate. And, and also they ran on climate change denial. They ran open transphobes. They ran on a far-right, hateful yeah. point of view. And they were resoundingly beaten by what they, what they called the teal bath mm. at the time, <laughs> and, um, which, which is it's, um, interesting that um, what they lost is on social, um, economically conservative social liberals, mm. um, which is what the Liberal Party mm. started as. Yeah. So they, the kind of, they, they've shifted further to the right and the, pe- the people who should have been their, um, their foundational core um, sent them a resounding no thanks. Yeah. Um, and that is far more interesting than in, in the idea of who won. And sure, mm. um, 
In in reality, just like the last election, I mean the one before, mm. um, when like the Liberal Party won, people said that the Liberal Party didn't win. Bill Shorten lost. Mm. Well, this election, um, the Liberal Party didn't. Um, Labor didn't win, and even more so because they were reliant heavily on on um, preferences from the Greens and and the Independents. Mm-hmm. So not only did Labor Labor won technically, but what really happened was. Um, uh, there was a, a reaction against the Liberal Party, which led to the Liberal Party ending up with the least seats um, they've had since the 70s. Incredible. And um, or maybe even longer. So they've, they've never been demolished so severely. Mm. But it was I don't think it was a vote for change. I think it was a vote against um, change in the wrong direction. Yeah. So... Yeah. What what we what we might be having is a um a return to the Australia I grew up in, which is Australia um where the Liberal Party were economically conservative but relatively socially liberal, and um where we had a democracy that seemed healthy, which we yeah. haven't had for a while. Yeah. So I'm I'm quite pleased by the by the results of the election, and and I'm quite. Pleased, of course, that the Labor Party ran on an Aboriginal rights platform, among other things. I'm pleased to have um, Labor's, not only Labor's um, members in the parliament, but also their cabinet. The new cabinet that, that um, they swore in, what's only a few days ago now, mm. seems to be a um, kind of the most diverse cabinet in Australian history. Yeah. So those those things are real change. Whether or not there's going to be change in policy or whether it's going to cause a genuine change and improvement in the lives of people that that still needs to be um needs to be um seen we don't know what's going to happen in the long term of course with this government but what we do know is that governments always make symbolic gestures mm-hmm. and the symbolic gestures by the labor party currently are positive ones whereas the symbolic mm-hmm. gestures by the um outgoing liberal party were negative and divisive so that's yeah. a, that's a that's a that itself is a positive change. Yeah, and I guess um, uh, what we were arguing last week was the activism needs to go on, but maybe cracks have opened where we can we can influence where there's a greater capacity to influence change. And yeah, and that that, that too is important. We can't stop fighting because um, you know, even even ABC's um, Vote Compass listed the um, Labor Party as essentially. Um, centre motto on everything. Mm. Um, that you know, people think of the Labor Party as a left wing party, yeah. and they're not. They're a centrist mm. party. Yeah. Um, though, hopefully, um, the fear of the um, socially liberal teals and of losing votes to the Greens, which they should be scared of, they really should be scared yeah. of. Though the Greens took most most of the seats, the Greens took they took them from the Liberals. Mm. They only took one from Labor that I know of mm-hmm. in the last election. They took yeah, three. That's interesting. Two were from. Two were um, safe Liberal seats. One was a safe Labor seat in Queensland. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I th- but I think I think the lesson learned from this election is that um, moving politically further to the right is a losing game. Yeah, and I, th- yeah. I think part of our activism needs to be to constantly remind them mm. um, what got them voted in, which yeah. is preferences from people to the left of them, and maybe mm. that will that will push them to the left. And um, I think Claire, you did talking of uh, symbolic positive. Symbolic gestures. You did mention to me um, beforehand that 
one of the first acts of the new PM, Albanese, was to put up an Aboriginal flag? Yeah, he, um, he put up the Aboriginal flag um, on, where, I'm not sure where it was, but you know, in his press conferences, <laughs> he had great. an Aboriginal flag and a Torres Strait Islander flag behind him, yeah. which, of course, um, Scott Morrison never did. Yeah, and, and I'm also thinking of the, um, he's made a commitment um, to having a voice mm-hmm. in the constitution for Aboriginal people, so... Um, there was a famous petition by Aboriginal leaders in 2017, the Uluru Station, uh, sorry, not Station, the Uluru Statement from the Heart, and that proposes a First Nations voice to the Australian Parliament and that this First Nations voice be enshrined in Australian constitution. So it's pretty fixed once it's in the constitution. And so he, he prioritised this in his victory speech on election night, which I thought was great, um, even though I know there are um, there's still a wide range of views around the Uluru Station from the um, statement from the heart. Um, I understand that the Greens think that a treaty should come first um, before the voice of Parliament. Though I'm not sure where they place truth telling. To tell you the truth, so w- what are your thoughts about that? Um, about a voice to Parliament and what needs to be done, Claire? I, I, I think a voice to Parliament is a good thing and I think um, a treaty is a good thing. Mm. And I, I think that from my understanding, a lot of the um, dispute and debate among Aboriginal people and as my friend Sally Scales, um, the um, an Anangu artist, once said to me, she said, we need to remember that it's racist to think that Aboriginal people can't disagree with each other. Yeah. Um, and, and that was an interesting point she made, that we, we're allowed to disagree. We're yeah. allowed to have... Um, I'm sure across the political spectrum, that's fine. Yeah. And but most of the dispute's been around the order of things, whether you know treaty first or voice first. Mm. Some people believe that if you have a um, a voice first, it'll derail the treaty process. Mm. Other people say if you got treaty first, we'll never get the voice. Mm. Mm. <coughs> I, Sorry yeah. for coffee. But I'm I'm of a I'm, I've got a third opinion that yeah. that seems to be only my opinion. But I think. Truth has to come first, mm-hmm. um, because you can't, you can't. If you think of the think of the race in Australia as like a a a cultural illness, you can't fix an illness until you admit you're ill. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and Australia, as long as Australia pretends, as long as Australia enshrines lies mm-hmm. and um, disempowers truth, then. Um, voice and treaty will not only never happen, but they'll probably be um, pointless gestures until we understand what this country actually is. Yeah, and Claire, I know we talked last time on the program, you talked about the nature of those lies and mm. what can you articulate what you think really needs to be owned in truth-telling by white Australia? Sure, there's, I mean, there's a lot of things that need to be owned by white Australia. <laughs> one, one is... Um, the basic statement that um, that was in China, Mabo and Mabo Day was today, so it is the anniversary of of the Mabo um, decision. Mm-hmm. And the Mabo decision says that, uh, that Aboriginal people were here before white before white mm-hmm. people arrived. Mm-hmm. That's illegally owned the land. Mm-hmm. And then Australians have this this myth in in the culture that the classic one is whenever there's a new group of refugees or 
um, or immigrants arriving, white Australians just tend to say, like, quote to quote, we were here first. Yeah. When in reality, they, they weren't. The Mabo decision says that, no, you weren't here first. And of course, yeah. we already weren't here first, but, mm. I mean, they, you, you, um, Aboriginal people were here first. We were here first. White Australians were not here first. But mm. no definition could white Australians have been here first, yet there's, that's still enshrined within our culture. Mm. Um, and... The doctrine of discovery, which is this idea that um, Cook discovered an empty land and mm. from there the colony arose, that's also not true. Yeah. And that's the, that's the foundational myth on which Australia was built. So yeah. you've got to really that – that one in particular is a myth that needs to be severely re-examined to work yeah. out why we still believe this. And I, I think Australian culture believes in the doctrine of discovery and in that Cook's – Arrival in 1770 um, gave some mythical existence to the colony. Yeah, I think we need to examine why people believe that. Why um, we can't can't delete that from the from the the country's mythology. Yeah, and and I think we talked about that mythology is so pervasive. Um, is so pervasive. So you have a truth-telling in an Aboriginal... This is what I noticed. There'll be a program on television or radio about Aboriginal issues and the truth will be owned, but then all the other programs ignore it and yeah. imply otherwise, like um, they'll be talking about the hist- a, a great hero in Australian history because he discovered, you know, mm. he discovered land. He was an explorer. And, of course, he didn't discover any, and it is a he, he didn't discover anything because Aboriginal people already knew it was there and they well, were living it's, there. It's, the classic one that we don't think about is Batman. We, this, um, you know, they call, I think, City of Melbourne is still called, is still elected a Batman, is it? Mm, I'm not sure. I, um, I think, I they're, think they're, so. They're, they're I'll about take changing a punt it. and say yes. They were talking about changing it. I'm not sure if it ever happened. But the um, um, Batman is, is seen as a hero mm. in Melbourne. But in Tasmania, where he came from, he's seen as a um, as a violent, murderous villain. Mm. So we need to talk about those truths. Yeah. Um, so I think we'll go to on that note. We'll go to some music, and we'll come back in a few minutes. <laughs>
3CR's annual Radiothon fundraiser launches in June. We need your financial support to be independent, community-controlled and focused on people rather than profits. Your support during Radiothon keeps the station strong and enables us to give voice to hundreds of people and issues for another year. And remember, any amount you can afford makes a big difference and all donations over $2 are tax-deductible. 3CR Radiothon, show your support during June 2022. 3CR, keep community strong. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR, 855 AM on your dial. 3CR digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today we have Noonga author Claire G. Coleman on the program and she's helping us look at what needs to be done in mainstream Australia um, for Aboriginal people and I guess by Aboriginal people, importantly. Um, We're broadcasting on the last day of Reconciliation Week and while, of course, I support uh, all the raised awareness and appreciation of Aboriginal culture and sharing and connection that increases through the activities of Reconciliation Week and not least the very, very generous welcome ceremonies by Aboriginal elders. Um, I'm wondering where Reconciliation Week fits in with things like not just proposals for a treaty and voice to Parliament, but all the other things that are happening around the place throughout the year. We have Harmony Day, Sorry Day, Freedom Day, there's NAIDOC, um, so... I guess, Claire, what sense do you make of all this? For me, um, in my confusion, they don't, they're not all talking to each other and sending out clear messages to me. But So maybe you can help me and help our listeners. I, I, I honestly wish I could help you. <laughs> um, I, I respect all these days and I think that um, in kind of consciousness raising every one of these days is theoretically important. But in reality, even as someone who who um, works in this space. I, I, I write books about Aboriginal rights and I, um, I speak on the radio a lot about Aboriginal rights mm, and Aboriginal issues. Yeah. Even, even I, I should be in a position where I know everything that's going on. I can't keep track of um, Reconciliation Week, Freedom Day, um, NAIDOC Week, Sorry Day. <laughs> Um, You're trying all, to remember them all. I'm trying to remember them. I'm, I failed. But <laughs> Marbo Day, which is today, and some of them, and 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 some of them are thoroughly misunderstood in our society, and that and that's part of the issue. And that, and they, and often they turn out to be made just nothing but a distraction from the real issues. Mm. Um, Reconciliation Week can be one of the worst in that um, someone will do a reconciliation event and think that they've taken care of all their responsibilities towards Aboriginal people for the mm, whole year. And that's, yeah. that's not how it's supposed to work. That's yeah. not how we do things. Yeah. Um, but the, the – and, of course, um, Harmony Day is, is probably actually the worst of them. Um, people don't know this, but Harmony Day was originally – it put on the date of the international – Oh, I can't remember what they call it. Something anti-racism. It's international anti-racism day. I can't remember the exact name mm, of it. Yeah. But it's supposed to be the day where, we, where countries um, engage with their racism and stop their racism. Yeah. Um, and talk about racism and, and, and imagine racism and, and consider it. Mm. But John Howard, when he instituted the day, called it Harmony Day. 
And rather than being about questioning racism, it came about let's all be let's all be like celebrate how all, happy and harmonious. Let's we be, are. all pretend we're harmonious and have <laughs> lots of hugs, which really is a, that's a severe distraction. Yeah. And reconciliation week is, is nothing but distraction. The ones that I I respect um, the most are Freedom Day, mm-hmm. which is August twenty third, mm-hmm. and that that was the day that that celebrates the day that Gough Whitlam. No, so it's, it celebrates the day that. Um, the Gringy walked off the um, the, jo- the job in Wavehill Station. Yeah. And then... Um, because they weren't being paid. Because probably. they weren't being paid. Um, that's right, they were being paid in rations and they wanted oh. to be paid. And then when they, when they walked off, it started off about as a protest against equal rights, for equal rights, so protest against not being paid. But then in the end they decided that, that being paid wasn't enough, they wanted their land back. Mm. And they sat... On, they, they refused to work and they refused to move and they sat in a protest camp for eight years. Mm. And eventually they won in that famous moment where Gough Whitlam handed them the land back and then poured sand through the hands of the, mm. of the movement's leader, Vincent Lingyari. Mm. So that, that celebrated on, on 23rd of August. And to me that okay. one's very important because that's the, the birth of the modern land rights movement mm-hmm. from then. Mabo Day is important because mm-hmm. celebrating the hard work of Eddie Mabo in, for land rights is important. Sorry Day is important, but Sorry Day is 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 also is one of the most misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that people often think about it is Sorry Day is that it's a day for uh, to apologise, mm. but in reality, most Aboriginal people see Sorry Day using the Aboriginal English the Aboriginal English meaning of the word sorry, which is the word for sorry is means mourning. Oh. So if an Aboriginal person is talking about um, sorry time mm. um, or sorry business, they're not mm. talking about apologising about something. They're talking about go, returning to community or something to mourn. Mm. So to an Aboriginal person, the word sorry day um, or the, the, the concept of sorry day is a day for people to mourn our losses and mourn our stolen children. It's not a day we expect people to apologise. Oh. Which is – and of course people uh, – the apology is a symbolic thing. I say, I'm, I'm sorry for the for what we've done. Yeah, but I would thought. I thought it was a good thing because it's taking responsibility. I think it is a good thing to take responsibility. But mm. a lot of a lot of Aboriginal people on Sorry Day just want to be left alone oh. with their family, oh. and that's a, that's a complicated one. And it, oh. of course, there's there's nothing wrong with making a symbolic gesture and getting the gesture wrong. Mm. That's not that's not a bad thing. I think it's it's. I would rather people try. Mm. To be to do the right thing and get it wrong, mm. then not try to do the right thing. Yeah. But there's a, it's the I think that even the, the way that that things like sorry day are looked at is an, it, that's also a distraction from what it's really all about and what yeah. what average rights is about. So all these yeah. things are incredibly complicated. Yeah. Um, I, I personally think that um, Marbo Day should be a national holiday. I believe mm-hmm. it should be. Okay. Um, but they, they won't have two things. One, because this country is racist. And secondly, <laughs> Australians don't have national holidays in winter. Oh. <laughs> that's, that, that's, well, that is a classic. Well, there's a reason people have... Left field. Mm. No, it, no it's, it's true, though. Mm. Um, can you have, have, Do we have any national day off holidays, national holidays with a day off in winter? Mm. The answer is no, we don't. And there's the, one of the complaints about why we can't change the date of Australia Day is because then people will lose a public holiday in summer. 
Isn't it it's dreadful? And that's, that's, that's really like, damning. It's sort of I can see you laughing too, but it's I know, really I'm terrible. laughing. But it's 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 one of those things about Australians that's that's quirky and a bit f- like funny quirky, except when it affects people's lives. It's yeah. funny quirky that Australians will literally not give up a um, a public holiday yeah. on a in summer to have one in winter. Well, Claire, we're I can't believe it, but we're coming to the end of the program. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> I, I speak too much. No, you, that's why you're on the program because we'd love to hear from you, Claire. And I, I really, um, I think there's a lot of unanswered questions. So I, I want to really thank you for coming on the program and it, it's bla- um, talking about these issues from an abri- um, from your perspective and an Aboriginal perspective and Aboriginal woman women's perspective. Um, but uh, as much as you've illuminated and. Uh, the area for us, you've also left us with a lot more questions. <laughs> well, having, having questions is not again. bad. That's right. <laughs> that's why we're called Think Again. So we have to all think lots more after this program. And I, I would really like to uh, continue the conversation with you. I'll, 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 look, I'll, I'll come back any time. Just, just have to ask. Thank you. Next week. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Now, we're going to community announcements. And I think, Claire, we should give you the opportunity to spruik some of the in- really, really interesting things that you're doing. Absolutely. Well, first thing is I've got a an exhibition at Incinerator Gallery on um, in... Mooney Ponds? Ponds. I think it's in Mooney Ponds. It's Mooney Ponds. It's Mooney Valley Shire. It's Mooney Valley Shire. So it's in Cinderella Gallery, Mooney Valley Shire. Okay. Um, And, yeah, that's an exhibition that goes from the 10th for about six weeks. So it goes from next Friday. And I've got another book out, another novel out in about a month. Okay. What Do you know what that's called? It's called Enclave. It's already already been printed. Fabulous. Yeah, so that's, that's out on... The last Tuesday of this month. Oh, I think we'll bring you back to talk about that. Yeah, that'd be good. good. Okay, well, thank you so much, Claire G. Coleman. And uh, just another community announcement. Please, everyone, if you can, donate to 3CR's Radiothon. Uh, Go to www.3cr.org.au forward slash donate. Uh, You can nominate your favourite shows in the online form, for example... Think again. <laughs> I think you should do that. Or you can phone the station during business hours and pay by credit card. The number is 03-9419-8377. That's 94198377. And that's a Melbourne number, of course. So thanks to our listeners for tuning into Think Again on 3CR Community Radio today. If you want to contact us, you can email borderlands, borders at borderlands.org.au. Our programs are available by podcast wherever you get your podcasts and on the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au. Meanwhile, stay tuned for the following program, Jailbreak, which gives a voice and a platform to our sisters and brothers in prison. To bring us into this program, we have Milku Mana by King Stingray. Yeah, that's right. 
3CR Community Radio, giving the voice to communities since 1976. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.